One, two, three, let's go. You're listening to WJMS Media, where media is reimagined. You can find us on our Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. So what's up, man? How you been doing? I've been doing pretty good, bro. Fucking just working, saving up, and uh, chilling. It's like it's like a whole different world down here in Florida. Yeah, yeah. It's good. All right. Well, let's. Uh, why don't you just like introduce yourself real quick so everybody can get like a feel for you? You know, like where you at? What are your credentials? What do you do? Okay. Um, my name is Tony Arroyo, aka the Tone Bone, and I am the salesman for Grow Pro Agency out here in Tampa, Florida. Um, that's what I've been doing for almost a year now, actually. Um, coming up on, I think it was May fourteenth I started. So, and May first is when I actually moved down here. So it's almost been a year that I moved here, which is sick. Um, I graduated from Oneonta with the, I guess I, I, I didn't graduate with you, but we had a couple classes together and, uh, I graduated with a, uh, degree in the music industry with a minor in audio engineering. And that's my main thing is just like, I'm a producer and I create music. That's like my main thing. But yeah, besides that, I'm not really sure. Of course. So- Let's let's knock out some preliminary questions. Okay, let's see. It. Starting with, um, you said that producing and uh, all that is like your main gig, aside, you know what you're working towards. So let's let's get a little background on like your musical history. Like when when did music become part of your life and. Uh, you know, like, what does it mean to you? Why is that something that, you know, you decided to pursue? Um, it's just been like a family thing, mostly. Like, every, like most of my family, like, you know, plays an instrument. And we all used to, you know, play in, a, in like a family band together, sort of. Especially me. Wow. And my, like, me and my dad were like, you know, he would play the drums and I'd play guitar. And we'd switch back and forth and do specific songs like that, which was awesome. But my great-grandfather... Um, his name is Vincent Virgilio and he actually passed away a couple years ago, but I knew my great grandfather for a while, which is really awesome. Not a lot of people do that. that. Awesome. And I actually did a podcast of, uh, you know, with him. I don't know if you were in that class, but, um, I got an A with that one, which was pretty cool, but he was like a famous musician. He played in Broadway and Carnegie hall and he played the saxophone and he was a music teacher and shit like that. Oh, wow. Really? I never knew that. Yeah. So. Um, that was dope. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, just growing up, it was just me and my dad basically. And, uh, like playing music and shit. And honestly, my whole life, I've always wanted to be in a band. And I was for a little while with my friend, Matt and my other friend who actually went to Oneonta. His name is, uh, he's a drummer. Uh, it's like kind of, but it's kind of messed up that I'm like forgetting his name right now. But oh I think his name is Zach. Oh yeah, Zach. He's blonde. He has a blonde hair. Like he has blonde hair. All right, shout out Zach, whoever you are. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
me, him, and Matt were all in a band for a little while. But like, I I never found people until I got to college that were like at, like serious and at my level and shit like that. So once I got to college, it was pretty cool. But no one really wanted to be in a band, and 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 like plus the band music is like really phasing out right now. I, I hate to say it, but like rock is honestly like it's dying out. There's not really like fucking crazy rock bands that are coming out you know nowadays so that was really like you know disheartening for me like just seeing like how it wasn't really evolving the way that i thought it was but what was evolving is edm and that's like the new thing where you know people go out you know if if rock if like if if it was like you know in 1980 i'd be out at rock concerts but since it's this year or you know these times i'm looking at these raves and shit so you know, that's what drew me to it. And not only that, like producing on Ableton, it's like I'm every part of the band. So like I can do everything, you know, myself. And plus like the, the whole level of like, you know, sound design is so sick to me. So it just like drew me to that. And that's where I am today. Definitely. So that's pretty sick then. I didn't know that whole thing about your great grandfather. That's that's awesome. But so you basically just grew up around music, like it was it was kinda you had people in your family doing it, so it just was like a normal thing for you. Yeah. When were you always like super into like listening to music? Like when did you start to like develop your own like musical taste or like is that basically what you said with like growing up it was more what you played with the family and then you discovered like EDM and bass music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it really just started with me playing guitar. So I've been playing guitar for like 13 years now, I think. And, uh, like what really got me into it was guitar hero. I mean, I I was listening to like songs in the radio and and shit like that, but dude, I fell in love with guitar hero. Did you ever play guitar hero? Yes. And uh, like funny story about this like throughout doing these interviews and stuff i'm like shocked at how many people have said that they started out on like guitar hero or rock band like whether it be the drums or the guitar i've had so many people say already like oh well actually i i started playing like guitar hero and then the drums came out and that's like what made me buy my first drum set or whatever so that's like that's awesome i love that yeah i love that shit i, I wish i had it now me too, dude. The other day, I, like I, I would totally buy a guitar if I had something to play it on. I would. I still have my PS2 tucked away somewhere in my house. I gotta, I gotta dig it up. I like refused to throw out my Guitar Hero guitar and like drum set like all these years. My mom's like, get this, get this crap out of here. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm like I'm gonna play it again one day. Stop. So I know it's been eleven years, but so um. Kind of always just around music and whatnot. Like, how'd you get into producing? Like, when did it shift from, like, playing guitar and, and into, like, getting your first, like, DAW and, like, audio equipment? I think it was my first year of college, which I actually took in Cobleskill. Um, I started making beats on my phone because I just thought, I don't really know how I got... Well, all right, so I got into EDM with my friends in Cobleskill. I used to live next to, like, a college house. And, uh, you know, they really got me into that sort of whole scene. And I started, like, mixing it. And I was like, what if I made it, you know? Like, so I started producing, like, little beats on my phone. And I would show my friends, and they'd be like, dude, this sucks. Like, dude, why are you showing 
was like, no, it's cool. Watch, wait for the drop. And it'd be like, <laughs> don't even like, you're listening to it over the phone and I made it on GarageBand. That's man so funny. Then, so you started mixing before you started making beats? How, how did yeah. that happen? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I always wanted to be that rock star, you know what I'm saying? But there's no like, you know, modern day rock stars. They're all legends. So I was like, I don't know. I just shifted to that. When I see these people on stage, you know, like, you know, 30,000 people at a festival go to see one person like that, that blew me away. So I was like, I want to be that guy. Oh, so like the influence of like DJ, like the DJ scene is what, is what made you want to do that. Yeah. Like seeing the DJ up and like, you know, with these festivals and, and stuff like that, like, I was like, yeah, I want to be in that position. And then, you know, mixing other people's music, that's a DJ. But like, you know, mixing your own music, that's how you get to that spot. Definitely. So what was, who were some of the people that you were like into early on, like when you first started like getting into that? Early on, of course, Grizz and Grammatic, like they were, they were number one. Um, Ganja White Knight. Ganja, when I started listening to Ganja White Knight, then I was like, all right, I need to actually like produce music, like not on my phone. Like I need to learn how to create these wubs and, and stuff like that. So, um, and then once Tipper came, I actually like, I don't know, I, like my mind flipped when I, you know, started listening to Tipper. And like, I don't know, Tipper really like disheartened me for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's that? Oh, okay, it's that advanced? Like, oh, God, like, I have a lot to learn. But, I mean, going that route, a lot of people don't want to go that route because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of experimental work within, you know, whatever synthesizer that you're doing. I mean, it's so worth it because you just learn so much by doing it, and your your tunes sound different. Like, they're not, like, you know, you could tell, like, you, you're you're catching on to something else, like not just like making beats. Yeah, that's like a piece of music that I feel like not a lot of people like even know to appreciate. You know, like it's definitely super in your face and exacerbated in like bass music and like technical like EDM and stuff like that. But a lot of like your favorite like rock or rap or like basically any other genre, a lot of those songs would be absolutely garbage without the, the the level of like engineering and and sound design that goes into like mixing them right so like with with edm it's like much more in your face so it's like easier to appreciate but yeah that is that is definitely interesting that you went right for like the most technical like type of people you know like when i first got into that scene it was like it started out as like house and then it like progressed like into like grimier and grimier like subgenres of like bass music. So it's just funny like to me that you like went right for the stuff that like took me like a couple years to like appreciate. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, a lot of people oh I mean a lot of people start out now that I'm seeing with heavier stuff like that's what i that's what i actually started like really liking obviously grizz and stuff but like actual like bass music i really like the heavy stuff for a while because of the shows and you know all the stuff that happens at the shows and like how much <laughs> actually have like that like i just wanted to go and do all that stuff and just flail and and there's nothing wrong with people that just go and just want to flail around that's totally fine like dancing is totally fun 
But me personally, I totally like going there for the actual music and the nuances of what they're doing within their set. Definitely. What kind of, like, can you describe some of those, like, nuances that, that you, like, look for? Like, what through the eyes of somebody who isn't just there to, like, dance and flail, like, what does the show look like to you? Yeah, so, I mean, of course, the intro. Like, that's what I go there. Like, if I'm going to go watch G. Jones, I'm going to be there for the Huge, intro. dude. The intro is huge. Dude, oh, my God. Like, there are so many. Dude, I just went to, uh, what's it called? Um... Oh, I'm just blanking because I'm excited, but it's uh, Okeechobee. Have you heard of that festival? Yes, I've always wanted to go there. Yeah, dude. Okeechobee was friggin' awesome. And, like, we, I mean, the lineup wasn't that great, but, I mean, the festival overall was amazing. And my favorite set, I would have to say, it was Tame Impala. Are you, are you familiar with them? Really? Yeah, I love Tame Impala. Dude, Tame, if you look up Okeechobee 2022, um, uh, what's it called tame impala intro you can see it on you know youtube definitely it will destroy you it doesn't matter if you're tripping or if you're rolling or whatever you it doesn't matter it will make you feel like you are because oh my god dude you just have to look it up i just can't even explain it i really can't do that i'm definitely up. gonna look it up tame impala intro okeechobee 2022 obviously though every performance is supposed to be like theatrical you know like it's like it's a story, basically. Like you know, like the well, at least like the best DJs. I feel like all their sets are like, you know, they have highs and lows and like a climax and like you know, it's it's like a real like story. Yeah, it should be that. And if it's not, then it's more of like a DJ set. But there's which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, DJ sets are awesome. Definitely. But I if I was putting on a show, I would like to have a whole movement, like the whole thing, and. So after, after like, obviously the intro going to probably, like, you know, whatever song or whatever you want. There's so many options, which is awesome because, like, I, I, like, one idea to me would be, like, from a really cool intro into, like, a song that everybody loves or a really cool intro into, um, like, a really awesome tune that nobody knows but you know that will absolutely destroy and like come out strong. I mean, either way, you have to come out strong like that. But there's so many ways, um, you know, do like a flip or you know a um, a recent collab or something like that that everyone loves. Stuff like that. That's like the another, another like unseen part of that like whole talent, though. I feel like because a lot of people, at least when like I don't know, I I saw a lot of like backlash when. EDM and dance music started to become like really popular again. People were like, oh, like screw these DJs. Like they're just up there like playing, you know, playing songs. Like how hard could it be? But like right. people don't realize that there's like a ton of like artistic planning that goes into just about everything that's going on, you know? Like it's easy for somebody to be like, oh, you know, he's just playing other people's songs. Like that's not, that's not right. really it. Right. Especially if you make it, because 90% of your career is in the studio. So, you, like, they need to, and, and I mean, I'm you know, I mean, you need a relationship with your studio. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it if you don't have a good relationship with your studio, it you're not going to have a good time producing, and your flow is not going to be healthy. Definitely. So, what, explain that more, like, for people who don't, like, instantly relate to that, like... 
What do you mean have a good relationship with it? Like, I don't believe that you should force yourself in the studio. Like, I've been in parts where I'm like, you know, like, I, I don't feel like producing today. And that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with, like, even though you're trying to reach a goal and you're trying to, like, you know, be successful in what you're trying to do, like, it, it it's also, like, an artistic thing, I feel like. Like, you do need to, you know, go with the ebbs and flows. And I've been learning a lot about, like, you know, my relationship with, you know, how I want to produce and, like, the times that I do it and stuff like that, especially with a job. Like, when I first moved here, I was just going to live off my savings that I, you know, saved up from the past, like, you know, two years or so. And because I, li- I live pretty frugally, so I was able to do that. And that's what I thought. I was going to live out here for, like, three years, live off my savings, and really just try to do this music thing. And what I realized is that, like, it's smarter to, you know, like create some wealth before, you know, you just blow all your money. And because in because my idea of, you know, of doing it is doing it every single day, all day. And that's all I want to do is that. Um, but I mean, if I did that right now, I would deplete my, you know, my resources pretty quick. So I want to like establish some wealth and then actually go all in where I don't have to work and then do it. Which, I mean, at the same time, I'm still doing it, but I need, like, you know, like I was saying, with that, like, that relationship with the studio, like, when I come home, all I want to do is, you know, produce, but I also have to make food, I have to, you know, do other stuff, like clean up and, you know, whatever. So I need, like, you know, figure out how to plan my day and, you know, I don't need to force myself to do it because, you know, maybe in the morning I'll have time. And I really want to do it, but I know I should probably, you know, read a book or whatever. Totally respect the wanting to build a little bit of wealth before throwing, you know, like caution to the wind, basically. Um, But, you know, that's actually I feel like not even a fair way to describe it because you are actually like so talented. Like if you really were doing it every day, like there's absolutely no way that you would fall short of whatever it is like that your goal is. But are you concerned at all about like getting lost in that process of like trying to obtain quote unquote a little bit of wealth first, you know, because I feel like wealth is one of those things where like you could get a little bit, but then as soon as you get a little bit, your definition of a little bit gets a little bigger. So you get stuck in this like, oh, I just got to get a little more. I just got to get a little more. And then before you know it, you're like, you know, you could have been doing like both at the same time, like the whole time, you know, like, you know what I'm trying to say? A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what actually happened to me when I first, you know, moved here. Like I would say for the first like six months or so, partly because, you know, we were moving place to place and, you know, now we actually have a house that we're renting right now. And I'm, I would, pl- I would love to buy this place, um, but we're still talking about it. Um, and it's like super nice and we were super lucky to get it. Um, but I mean, like for the first six months, you know, here, I was just exactly what you're saying. I was sort of lost in that where I was, I got a, a, a pretty good job and, you know, not, not anything crazy at all, but I mean, something that's, you know, steady and really, you know, healthy and like the team that I'm working with right now is just awesome. Like they're basically my best friends right now. And just the way the whole thing works is just awesome. And I'm really, you know, thankful to be a part of it. Um, but, you know, you know, just getting into that and, you know, trying to learn, you know, how I'm going to mix all that with my music making. I'm really just now within like the past, actually just this year, you know, in 2022, um, 
I'm really just learning how to do that, and I'm getting back into it and making some tunes. That's great to hear. It's definitely, it's definitely. Uh, I missed your absence, getting the tracks sent to me. <laughs> so, um, when you first like started getting into producing and stuff, uh, like you got into it with the goal in mind that you would eventually be like performing your own music. Right. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So did you feel um, that, like, your background in, like, playing guitar and, like, your experience with music as a child, like, did that help you in any way when it came time to, like, learning a DAW or was it, like, learning something totally new? Um, a little bit of both. Uh, for sure, like, you know, music theory helps in producing. And, oh, like, I feel like the best music, or I, I should say the best producers are musicians, like, meaning like you know actual like you know actual physical musicians i should say like you know obviously producers are musicians too but you know what i'm saying um and uh i sort of lost what i was saying there <laughs> oh yeah so like i was yeah so like the yeah so playing guitar yeah i mean the daw is like especially ableton when i first got ableton it was like kind of scary and i was only doing it in the clips view so there's different ways to make it, but I was making music in the clips view and like creating different clips and creating loops and stuff like that. So definitely. Oh yeah. So when I'm playing guitar, what I really love is structure and I love different movements of a song and like, you know, going into and like remembering specific timed movements. I love that. And that's what I love doing on guitar. And that's what helps me in, you know, my production as well, because I can really structure things and, uh, and if you listen to my music, there is a good structure to it. And that's what I really like. Um, and that's why I really phased out of like, like heavy metal is because I don't really like the blast beats and no structure and coming out of nowhere and stuff like that. Like I like stuff like, um, you know, people are going to hate me for this, but I love five finger death punch. I don't know why, but they have great structure. <laughs> Same thing with uh, Metallica. Metallica has amazing structure in all of their songs. And that's what I really strive to, to do, along with quality. Quality is so important. You can have, like, an okay song, but high quality, and it sounds fire. But, like, if you have, like, a fire song and it's crappy quality, it's not good. Yeah, I totally agree that, like, sound design and mixing is, like, basically the only difference between a good piece of music and a crappy piece of music. Yeah, I personally think that mixing is more important uh, in some ways than mastering obviously you need to master to actually oh, absolutely. put it out but mixing is like where the meat is and i mean i you know who's really amazing at mastering jade cicada and yeah he like he i mean i had a couple um you know private lessons with him like over zoom and like we shared a screen he taught me a whole bunch of shit and um like i talked about like his one side project i don't know if you listen to it. it's uh it's called wonky llama yes and they did this one i forgot the name of the album it's like the first album that they put out and they put out two of them the first one was an unmastered version and the other one was mastered and i asked him i was like what's the real difference but between them and it was like really nuanced stuff like when they hit the uh when he hit the snare he didn't side chain the reverb so there was like this this like static that he pointed out and i was like okay yeah and in the new one it wasn't there but it sounded really good when it's not there and i'm like oh wow okay 
And it's like, and that's in the mix. That's not in the master. And, and he was like, that's a remastered thing. And a lot of the stuff that he did was in the mix. Um, but, Dude, it's insane. It's and, insane. Like, how... yeah, it, that, like his master on his channel, which is mixing, is really only, you know, that's what I do too. I only put like, um, I put an EQ that I don't do a lot with first. And then I put um, a limiter. And then I put my spectrum at the end so I can see everything. And that's it. That's really all he said that you really needed. Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much the same thing that I do. Sometimes I don't even do the EQ on the master, but I'm mostly making like hip hop tracks, so I'm just banging the limiter out every time. <laughs> <laughs> right. A little soft knee action. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so when did you like how long have you been producing? Like, when did you start? Like, how old were you when it was on the phone? Was that, like, college yet or no? Yeah, so my first year of college was when I started on the phone. When I went into my dorm in Oneonta my first year, I um, I started with Logic, Logic Pro X. And I started, and that's when I was listening to Grizz, so it wasn't, like, anything crazy hard or anything like that. And then I started listening to like Ganja White Night and I wanted to, you know, go further with it. And I just felt like, and then that's when I started, you know, talking to Rohan and stuff like that. So whenever I, when I moved in with Rohan is when I actually, before I moved in with Rohan, I got Ableton. When I did, I was really good at Ableton um, after like, you know, a couple months. And then I just shut him out for a long time because whenever he was <laughs> bored, he would come in and be like, yo, what's up? And be like, I'm producing bro, what's up? <laughs> He'd be like, oh, this sucks. Do it this way. <laughs> yeah. This is corn. Dude, that that like whole dynamic was just like the funniest thing to me. Like just because like I I can't remember who I met first. I guess I must have had class with him first. And then we met in that theory class. And then like the first time I came like to your crib and he was there. I was like, oh, oh, like, this is so weird. Like, he must be getting, like, private lessons or something. And then he was just, like, like, it was apparent that he lived there. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing. I don't even know. Yeah, well, the first, the, the first like, day of that semester that he was there, I heard that he was going to be teaching Ableton. So the first day I went up, after like a class that he was like, I literally sat outside the class and I came in there and I literally, sat, I was young and I was excited. Um, and I literally was like, yo, you don't know how lucky these guys are to have you, man. I like when I was in this class, <laughs> I not learned this shit. Like I learned pro tools and you're teaching this. Like I want to learn. And he was like, yeah, I mean, you can sit in the classes. I don't care. And I was like, all right. Yeah. And I, I just kept like chilling with him and stuff like that. And I, you know, we started liking the same stuff obviously. And we hung out and I was like, you have an open room right there. And he's like, yeah, it's my office. I was like, so you have two offices? And he's like, yeah, but I don't really use that one. And I was like, you should let me rent that one out. And he was like, okay. <laughs> uh, word. I mean, hey, that's a, that's a pretty sweet deal for you. That's hysterical, though. Like, oh, these guys. <laughs> you went in there all doe-eyed and like, oh, my God, that's so funny. Honestly, that. yeah. I want to have him on. I should. I, I'm going to hit him up. I feel like he, yeah. he probably has an interesting little story for himself. 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. I would like to do one with him as well. Yeah, dude, that would be awesome. I, I was I was honestly thinking about like doing you both at the same time, but I I feel like it would be better like this. If I ever have him on, you can totally come on to him. I feel like that would be more fun. Word. But um, yeah. So, so when what year did that happen? Now you were you were a sophomore when you moved in with him. I guess I should clarify also for people listening. Rohan um, was a professor at the school or a student professor, right? Like he wasn't like he was like a grad student technically. I think no, he was a real professor. All right, well, super young guy, professor teaching Ableton in the production classes. Also happened to be your roommate. So you met him, whatever. Like, I feel like that's a lot of progression in like a short amount of time. Cause I can't remember if what year I met you, but like when I met you, you like could use Ableton well. Not necessarily like obviously like your music has progressed exponentially since then, but like you could operate Ableton well. So is that like attributed to like being able to like get the chance to like live beside him for a little while. Well, hundred percent. I mean, he is the reason why I know you know how to do Ableton that well. I mean, he thought he he's very very good at it. Like, I mean, he I don't know like if he took any classes or anything like that, but I mean like he's like certified to teach it, which is really cool. So, um, he knows a lot of like uh, like the, you know. I can't really explain it. Dude, like, he can he he runs that thing like a wizard. Yeah, exactly. All like, the he, stuff that he does with the macros man. and exactly, yeah, the macros, everything. That's the what routing. I'm... Oh my god, exactly. dude! Class with him was was definitely like interesting. A lot of kids like didn't like it because he would like he would like do some crazy stuff and then be like, "Okay, now you try it," and like everybody would be like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> like with that, like you were we supposed to like take notes while you did that? Like what the hell's going on here? I like I don't know. I guess I was just like you know, I, I don't know. I was in there like taking it really serious. I was much like you when I first like got into those classes. I was like, oh my god, this is it. Like <laughs> this is what I came for. This is the key, bro. And what is that? What is that? What does it do? So this is um, Sonarworks Reference 4. And what it does is it maps out the room and creates an EQ of it and then flips that EQ so that everything that is too high is pulled down and everything that's too low is pulled up um, mm. and makes your room flat so that when you're mixing, um, you know, you're mixing with, you know, a flat Proper tone. tone. For, the for the most part, yeah. That's sick. So what I do is I take that uh, microphone and I hook it up and I stand here and it sends out signals from my speakers and it like tells me, it's like, all right, is your speaker this far away from you and this far away from the other speaker? And I'm like, yeah, how the fuck did you know that by just sending me sound? That's awesome. It's like echolocation. That's sick. Exactly. Yeah. So I have to stand around. I think it's like 31 or 32 points in this entire room. And it creates the EQ that way by sending different, you know, it, 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 it does a sweep. It goes from low to high. So it's, it tells us, or it, you know, it, it, it picks up, you know, how much of each frequency there is. 
and creates that EQ that way and then and then flips it so that you you know like I said that's freaking awesome I don't even I don't even need to try to understand like <laughs> how it does I mean it makes total sense but how yeah. it does that I couldn't tell you I know it's insane it has well, the, the, the way it does it is it's timing how how long it's taking in milliseconds of course for the sound to go from my speaker to my microphone and it's like like milliseconds and that's what it's really doing the longer it takes the farther away i am you know think about how crazy it is though that you can do that like in your home studio compared to like the way the whole industry was like you know 20 years ago it's insane it's like literally insane it's actually insane we are living in the future i always say that do you think that like studios are gonna like become like a novelty like eventually, not now. Obviously, like they still like hold their place for sure. But do you think that like probably a lot less people are gonna are gonna be going to the studio? Um, more so than already. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it already happened. I think so. I mean, when I uh, did my internship, which really sucked, um, it was at Dreamland Studios in. Uh, yeah yeah uh and that sucked like i barely did anything i literally just like i literally cleaned toilets and like what like i was allowed in the session but like i don't know like he was such like a dick honestly he was just like he felt i feel i felt like he was i felt like he felt like he was like a big shot because (laughs) he was like running the thing and whatever and that's how he acted, you know? He, like, would... I was, like... You know, I like I was listening to something, and I was, like, man, that's cool. Like, I said that to myself. I didn't say it to anybody, and he looks at me, he's, like, shut up. I'm, oh like, my God. I'm, like, no. No, that's crazy. That so I, don't, crazy. I don't like that. That's not, like, a healthy environment for anything. So, I mean, I just did it to go there, and fucking... I got, I got it. I mean, I got it done, which is dope, but... Yeah, dude, that's one thing I'm super grateful for has been this uh, internship working out the way that it has. I thought I was, like, screwed when it came time to, like, look for one. I thought I was going to end up, like, you know, cleaning toilets or something, too. But this has been, like, super fun for me. That's awesome. I'm glad. When, um, like, when did you feel like, how long did it take you to get to the point where you were making music and you were, like, I'm going to show this to people or like, is it, are you technically not even there yet? Cause I know you don't have a ton of stuff like out per se. I don't have anything out except that song with, uh, that is true. yes, that is, that is out. That actually is under my name, like Tony Arroyo, which is pretty cool. Um, but what I'm doing right now, and I know that you know this, but I'm just, I want to create a brand and a whole arsenal of finalized music that I can actually play. And I want to create a set and not all of that has to happen at the same time. Well, I guess the set and the brand don't have to have to happen at the same time, but definitely my brand is probably the number one thing because I don't want to just launch myself out there. And I know people, you know, think different things, but this is my own opinion. I want to launch a project under a brand and be consistent with it so that, you know, it looks more professional. I don't want to be a SoundCloud artist. I want to, I mean, even though I'm going to put myself on SoundCloud, I want to, you know, 
when you look at it, it looks like it's, you know, happening and it's, you know, upcoming and stuff like that. That's what I want. I, I want it to look like it's backed by something um, other than, you know, just like someone trying to do it. Like I want it to look serious. So what does that, like, what does that mean for you? Like what has to be like in line to do that? Cause like in my head, I think like that you should totally be like, not like you don't have to think about it as like putting it out like it's you know a, a real like finished product but i feel like people have an appreciation today for watching specifically like music artists like grow you know so like if you had been putting out music this whole time even when it was you know even when you considered it to be like total complete garbage like if if people had the chance to listen to everyone between total complete garbage and like whenever you decide that you consider you've made it, like I feel like you'd end up building a larger fan base. Like in the end, I could totally see that absolutely, and that could absolutely be the case as well. Um, but I also help. I feel like it helps the uh, the story as well. If I launch it under a brand, like imagine if Ganja White Knight launched some of their Wobble Master songs. Like, as, like, you know, that's not Ganja White Knight. Like, when you first heard that song without Ganja White Knight behind it, it won't be, you won't feel the same, you know? It's just not going to. And 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 uh, also, like, if I put something out that people don't like at first, like, back in the day, like, if, or even right now, like, I'm definitely going to keep getting better, of course, obviously. And, you know, maybe in, like, 10 years, I make, like, a crazy awesome amazing song but like now people don't really you know oh i guess that would happen anyway i don't know i'm still learning it myself i don't know i'm thinking through it a lot and it's a good question but my whole mindset right now is just to you know create a brand and then consistently put out music which i feel like would make me you know give me a better start Especially if I want to, you know, have people, you know, help me out with like, you know, maybe doing an album with, you know, specific, um, you know, labels and stuff like that. And like I can put out a brand that like this is me. It would probably look better. So like what is what does the ideal brand look like then? Like what are those pieces that you feel are missing right now? Like you don't want your music to be like authored under your government name like you want to you want to have like a like a a stage name that can become like a brand in itself exactly yeah and it doesn't have to be like this dramatic thing i just want something that sticks and that i enjoy because it's going to be with me for the rest of my life so i want it to be of course psychedelic because that's what you know my whole vibe and i want it maybe a lot of it to and it doesn't need to be my name either like my name could be completely you know, separate from what's on the screen behind me. And that's really what it's all about. I mean, I love making the music, but I want to make the whole, the whole production a part of what I'm trying to do. So I want it to be, you know, and, and of course I'm going to be influenced. So when I say, you know, I'm, I'm looking at stuff like more like G Jones and stuff like that, or even uh, most recently LS dream has been having amazing visuals and stuff, you know, um, like, I, I'm not saying that I'm going to be like them, of course. I'm just saying, like, that kind of style is what I'm going to go for. And I want to do, like, a mixture. I want to do, like, that trippy LS Dream style where... I don't know if you've seen LS Dream's uh, 
visuals lately, but it, they're all they're awesome. They're freaking awesome. Yeah, I have. He's he's definitely he's been one of my favorites for a while. Like even when he was like first like coming up. Yeah, he's awesome, and he's a great example of you know putting it out and you know switching your name and stuff like that. I forgot what his name was before Ellis Stream, but you know he, he was doing it before, and then he switched his brand up and you know started Ellis Stream and took off. Definitely. So, do you have um, do you have like a plan? You know, like what uh, like what are you? What's your next step? Like, what are you moving towards? Yeah, so I would say just uh, trying to find a name that really resonates with me that I like, um, and then everything will fall into place after that. <laughs> Literally, and that's how I really feel, because if I find a name, I can start the branding around the name, and then, I mean, visuals are easy. I could just choose visuals, and that's it. That's literally it. I just need a fucking name. So annoying. It's literally harder than making the music is is finding a name. So do you feel like... Like, if all those chips were in line currently, do you feel that uh, your music at the state that it's in now is, like, you'd be happy, like, putting putting some of those, like, out at your current skill level? Or do you still feel like you have, like, ways to go? Uh, I definitely still have ways to go, for sure, because I want to create uh, a set before I really and and that's what I'm saying like if I if I have a name and I have a brand I have everything to launch for my music then 100% I'm going to launch it even if I don't have a set so that probably will come first but I would love to have a set because at, at least a year after I I launch my stuff and people are listening to it or whatever at least a year I would like to have a set planned so that if someone does want me to play I can play at any time anywhere on any stage where not that it's going to be like huge or anything, but like, you know, no matter what it is, I want to be able to be there. Um, and I want that to be at least a year after, or even before that, because, uh, you know, if I, even if I'm doing little stuff. So being down in Florida, like, have you looked into getting involved in like any type of set or are you like not interested in like exercising, like, live DJing until it's like you and like your own set up there. Yeah. Cause it's going to be different because I'm going to be, I'm going to use Ableton. I mean, I could, I'm going to have, that's why I need to have different versions of it, obviously, but um, I'm, I would love to use Ableton in my set and use like uh, an APC and like, you know, do something like that. Um, but I could also do like the plug and play sort of thing as well. It's just going to be different than DJing other people's music. So, I mean, it, it would be absolutely good practice to do it out. And But I'm not really nervous in front of a crowd. and Not that I've been in front of big crowds, but, I mean, I'm not really that, that shy when it comes to that kind of stuff. That's great, dude. That's, like, I feel like that, that's a big hurdle for some people. Yeah, no, I, I would love to play in front of a giant crowd. I would do it, I would do it for free, honestly. <laughs> well, careful. <laughs> You'll take money, though. You'll take money. I'll, I'll take it, but money is accepted. Oh, 100%. Shit. But um, trying to think if there's anything else uh, that I should ask about, we should cover. I feel like we talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, it's almost an hour and a half here, so I don't want to keep you too long. I, I do like have to edit this all, so. <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, I had a. Fucking awesome time talking with you, bro.
Honestly, yeah, dude. We have, it's been way too long before we've had a nice conversation. I mean, we used to do Definitely. I know, I know, dude. I really miss living in Oneonta. Like, I miss living in Oneonta, like, with everybody that lived in Oneonta. Like, I wouldn't want to be there anymore, like, if you and, like, everybody else that I was close with, like, wasn't around anymore. But that is the one thing I miss. All right, whatever. Well, I'll, I'll let you go, man. Thanks again for, for coming on. It was definitely a pleasure. I'm glad uh, we got to do this. Anytime, bro. Anytime. Thank right. you, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, dude. It was super fun. I'm glad uh, glad I got to do one with you. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'll, uh, I'll text you in a little bit. All right, word. Sounds good. Thanks again, bro. No problem, bro. Peace. All right, be good. Thanks for listening to WJMS Media, where media is reimagined. You can find us on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also check out our website at www.wjmsradio.com and subscribe to our newsletter so you can be up to date on everything.